Welcome, welcome to another show. We appreciate you being here. We have another great guest with us. We have Myrtle Hall here with us today. Thank you for coming on, I appreciate it. Thank you for the invite. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself and what got you into the industry, how long you've been in. Okay, well, my name is Myrtle Hall, as he said, and I'm a realtor. I've been a realtor for about seven years now, six to seven years. And I mean, I've always been in, in sales and marketing. So prior to that, I worked for a wine and spirits okay. company and enjoyed that very, <laughs> very much as well. So a few things happened there um, and I just decided, you know, I've got a lot of management skills because I manage teams. Um, I always interacted with upper management and doing lots of sales to managers of, of wine departments and things of that nature. I just thought, you know, I'm going to go out and take a risk on myself and become a realtor. Cool, cool. So in the wine sales, were you traveling a lot or was it based locally? So I traveled a lot throughout the valley. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, so my territory, geez, a lot of times I had stores that were in like the South Valley, like the Levine, South Mountain area. And then when my stores changed, like the different national brands of stores that I would cover, I was all over, all over the valley. Okay, okay. Well, so I, when, you, when you transitioned over to real estate, I guess what was it that drew you to this industry of all the, all the things you could have done? Yeah, there, there's quite a bit that, that's out there that I probably could have embarked upon, but it was kind of like <clears throat> when my husband and I, when we purchased our home, you know, was we didn't actually know about real estate from this perspective. So just taking classes and wanting to be able to help people understand that everybody can own a home, I just thought this was going to be the best industry that I could jump into. And then, like I said, with experience of managing and, and uh, you know, things like that. I just knew this would be a great fit. Okay. I appreciate that. So when you were getting in, what kind of, um, I guess, the, the misconceptions you had oh. about being a realtor compared <laughs> to the reality? There's a lot. Okay. There's a lot. But, you know, you either you make your decisions that this is going to be a great fit. And as far as the misconceptions, I'll, I'll talk okay. about those. But, you know, everybody thinks this is easy. They think that we as realtors, we do absolutely nothing throughout the day. And we were just talking about answering and not answering the phone. But there's a lot that we do when it comes to marketing, when it comes to uh, what I call hustling, just putting yourself out there so that people know who you are and they're able to decide if they want to trust you with a very, very valuable purchase that they're going to make. So. Yeah, not, maybe, yeah, it's a misconception, but you just, you don't get into it thinking, oh, you know, I've got to market myself. Right. I've got to go. Last night I was at a networking event. Um, it was hot in that <laughs> place as well. But, you know, you, you got to get out there and you got to show people who you are and why you would be worthy of being their realtor. Like I said, this is the most, um, you know, it's going to cost people thousands and thousands of dollars. So. You've got to be the best decision maker, consultant for that person, whether they're a buyer or seller. So, cool. Yeah. Let's talk about, I guess, the different hats that you wear in a day as a real estate agent. Oh. Uh, what What do those look like for you in a day? What? How many hats do you wear? Wow, I don't know if I've ever counted. So, <laughs> <clears throat> so marketing is is typically that's that's the biggest hat. Okay. Um, and I'm a solo agent, so I'm really managing myself, and I don't have anyone yet 
that I'm managing, but uh, marketing is probably the, the biggest hat that I wear. So that also kind of goes in with managing my time, making sure that I'm doing the right thing as far as generating business, trying to find business, um, not procrastinating, you know, because the more, the longer you put it off, the, the less your pipe is going to be filled with that business that's going to be coming out. So what marketing, time managing, um, you know, those are probably the, the two biggest ones. Okay. What is your, the, I guess, the thing you hate the most or dislike the most about? <laughs> you had to ask. <laughs> well, um, I'm not the biggest fan of cold calling, okay. such as picking up the phone and, and calling someone. And if my coach is watching this, <laughs> we talked about that. I, I need to, to start working on that. But, but I'm cool and I'm good with door knocking. Okay. I'm okay with going out and, and knocking on doors or even putting flyers on doors and, you know, sweating and, and doing right. that kind of sweat equity. But phone calling, no. You know, you're not the only one. That's, it's, a, it's one of those things. So I, I think that's interesting because if you knocked on the door of someone you didn't know, it's essentially a cold call. What do you think the difference is? It is, the, but just it's, it's body language to me. I want to okay. be able to see the body language. I want to be able to make that eye contact. And that's just, to me, that's different. I don't know if it's old school or, or what it might be, but I think it's easier for someone on the other end to to uh, to turn you down right. or to hang up on you, but when you're in front of them and you know if they're answering and responding to your questions, typically they're willing to listen. So okay. to me, it's it's easier. It's more humanizing, right? It is. Yeah. It is. That makes sense. I, yeah, I like that, that better. Makes sense. So as a kid, did you grow up dreaming of being a wine and spirit salesperson? Is that what the goal was? <laughs> No, I have to actually say, as a kid, um, I actually wanted to be what they what they call a stewardess, a flight okay. attendant, yeah. growing up. So that was that was really where my aspirations were. So that's <clears> interesting. <throat> why why that? What was the? Did you see? I don't know. See, see something as a I kid? don't know. You know, and as a as a child, it's not like we we flew mm -hmm. a lot or anything of that nature. But I don't know. And it wasn't like there were many shows on TV, but. I, I did, I aspired to be a flight attendant. So when I graduated from college, I'm a lumberjack. I actually, my first job entering the market was with a local um, airline company. Okay. So I definitely took advantage of, of those uh, benefits to, to get some traveling in. That, that is cool. Yeah. You know, I, was, I don't know who I was speaking to about that. Someone else was telling me that they grew up thinking that, but it was, it was a career that was wonderful uh, back in the day. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. just something that, you know, I you think it was glamorous, right. the uh -huh. way the, the ladies and exactly. their dresses. Exactly. Yeah, it was It was, it was, it was prestigious now they punch yeah. people, punch in the say, face. I was now people are fighting. Yeah, it's crazy. Different, different <laughs> right. world, different world. So um, as a kid, who was your role model? Who, who did you look up to and what, what was that like for you? It probably would have to be my mom, and I don't even think she knows this because I haven't haven't told her that but you know there were a lot of things that she really impressed upon me as I was growing up um, especially like when I would have to do reports as a little girl growing up here in Arizona I'm a native I'm from Tucson <clears throat> she would have me write reports but I would get the information from the Arizona informant which is it's a local newspaper it's a black newspaper so she would always have me 
focus and, and learn and, and get my content from that newspaper because, you know, unfortunately we just weren't taught a lot right, of that right. in school. So that was a big focus that she would, she would make of mine growing up. That is cool. I, I think it's interesting how, you know, we don't tend to tell our, our parents those type of things, I how know. much they've, they've uh, influenced us and touched us. And I don't she's know, for whatever reason, 80. it's a good time to tell her, like, <laughs> hey, so you know. Right. <laughs> yeah, so right. Um, tell me, I guess growing up here in, in Arizona, um, I, I just assumed that you were fairly um, sheltered from, from your, your culture, black people, and um, having, having that around. So outside of the newspaper, how did you keep that? And what, what was that like for the family here? in Arizona? Well, it definitely, it was tough and it is still tough. Mm -hmm. I mean, there have been changes over, you know, over the decades. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it was tough. That, like I said, that was one of the outlets. My mom would, we would focus and use the Arizona informant. As a family, we would get together like for Thanksgiving. Um, I have an aunt who just recently passed away, but we would always go, come from Tucson come to Phoenix and we would celebrate Thanksgiving with with our families and just a huge huge celebration cakes and pies and you know turkeys and chitlins all that right. that good stuff so that that was one way to to try to stay a little grounded um, you know and a lot of times I guess I never I never realized it that I was typically the only black right. child in a class but in elementary school, I had a, um, he was a chorus teacher and just a real, real powerful voice, real powerful voice. He would send me cards, um, like Christmas cards or just to say, you know, Happy Christmas or Merry Christmas. Um, but I never realized it until I grew up because he actually taught at, at Northern Arizona University where I attended college. And he was, he's a, a black man. Mm -hmm. So I think it was more of him just, you know, showing support, right. I'm here for you. But yeah, I never really thought about it. It was, I was always, you know, accepted. I, I always had friends. I played sports and all of those things. So it was, it's, cool. it's different out here. Cause like, you know, talking to you a little bit earlier about the, um, the other project I was telling you about, that person, he grew up in, Alabama. Okay. So listening yeah. to some of his stories, I'm like, really? Yeah. That used to <laughs> different, different. Totally sure. different. Yeah, I grew up in Florida, and my mom and aunts—they just came out this past week. Um, and I've lived in Utah and Oregon, and they've kind of followed me through there. And that was always their like, you're raising your kids, they don't have any black people around, and it's there for them. It's a big deal, and I, for me as well, just having that culture and. I got neighbors here in Arizona now, and my, my family are like, whoa, you got black people in the neighborhood. I'm like, yeah, it's a, it feels, it feels, it's feels different. right too, yeah, so. But yeah, I, I, can, I can appreciate it's that. It's different, so, so even like, <clears throat> it just happens, kind of happenstance where, you know, people that look like you relate to you and typically want to do business with you. Right. So when we're going and driving in certain neighborhoods and you'll look and be like, oh, yeah. I just saw a black person. I just <laughs> saw a black person. So, yeah, it's just it's just one of those types of relatable moments. It's interesting. I appreciate that. Yeah. So um, do you consider yourself an adventurous person? Do you, Ooh, you know? I do. Okay. I do. Yeah. So 
I guess I love to ask them, what will be the craziest thing or the most adventurous thing you've, you've considered you've done? I've jumped out a perfectly good airplane. That's crazy to me. Perfectly good airplane. It was my 30th birthday. Okay. And I actually had friends and family come out. And the guy that I was harnessed to, he smelled like he had been um, drinking. Partying. Yeah, whether it was hopefully at least the night before. <laughs> But um, yeah, so I'm, I'm sitting there propped and I'm holding on and it's like, okay, am I really going to do this? Am I really going to do this? And we jumped out and your, your face is flapping and it, it was quite the experience and I will never do it again, but <laughs> I, I can say that I've done it. Yeah, That's and cool. we, we had a great landing too. I didn't fall or, you're, yeah. You're here, you're here, right? Yeah. You made it. <laughs> Yep. That's yeah. That's pretty pretty intense for sure. Yeah. Like life is in someone else's hands. So. That's for sure. In that yeah. one, yeah. Yeah. So, um, what would be a, a, mo a unique way or the most unique way you figure you've ever made money or helped put food on the table, help with, with bills? Um, a unique way. I don't know. I think, honestly really being a realtor to okay. me is a unique way because like I said you have to hustle where all of my other jobs they've all been w-2s that's so easy you know in in the sense where I mean you still have to earn your keep but if you're not out there hustling and doing the job you're not gonna get your commission so w-2 you know you go in you you sign in, you, you're there at your desk, you go out to accounts, and you're typically gonna, gonna get paid. Yeah, but being a realtor, that, that's probably been the most unique way. I appreciate that, thank you. Yeah. So, who are your clients? Like, what are, who do they look like? Are there, is there a particular set of people you, you find that you, you attract, or what is that like? Well, I wouldn't say, well, I mean, like I said earlier, it, people that look like me okay. typically mm -hmm. will, will gravitate. But I mean, I, I don't market to any particular clientele. Um, I do a lot of my farming in the Levine and South Mountain areas because that is where I live. But it's, I mean, it's been all over the chart. It's been, um, are we able to say like family, husband, yeah. wife? Okay. Yeah. So, you know, it's been families, it's, it's been, uh, male couples it's 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 been everybody yeah. you know so you're just tracking whoever yeah whoever yeah, yeah yeah and I yeah I just it just it works that way I don't know why but it seems to to work that way I guess I I do a lot of you know chatting with a lot of agents and going back to the cold calling thing a lot of them have that issue and you know typically is it is it doesn't have to do with you know they're scared of people or anything it's just not, they're not how they attract people or how they get get with people right. and I think there's something to that that you know we're attracting who we are and there's not right. a lot you can do about it it's just what you're putting out is what you get back so you just don't know who's going to be in the other end of that right. you don't and I, I think you know even when you step up to the door and you can tell a person's body language whether or not they want to communicate continue the the, the conversation it, it's just it's different, but yeah, when you're on that phone, it's like, oh, sweat, <laughs> procrastination. Everything else gets done but the calls. <laughs> totally get it, totally yeah. get it. So, I, you know, I was just finding, you gotta find ways to 
bring those people and attract them to you. You so do. That, so you don't have to make as many of those calls, right? You don't. And you know, I've, I've learned that, um, that typically they will, they as someone that might explain to you as far as different opportunities to go out there and find to market yourself as a realtor, and typically people say three. So, you know, you could go out and you could door knock, you can do open houses, and then if you want to do calls, and that could be third your one. third one. Mm -hmm. But yeah, typically it's like, look for three opportunities that you want to market yourself. Right. That fit for you and that you'll do, actually. Yeah, yeah, that yeah that's the thing. There's, yep. a, there's something to that. If you're not going to do it, why, why? just why put do something you're going to do? Yeah. So um, you, you have a book, I've asked you about that, that you, that you like to read. I love asking people about books. I think it's fascinating. I was actually just talking with my daughter the other day. We're trying to figure out how many books and how many movies are in the world. Movies were like 500,000, but the books were like 1.2 million, some odd. Books? Some, yeah, one, some, yeah, something like that. No, excuse me, 100 million. Oh, okay. 100 million yeah, books yeah, in the yeah. world. Yeah, okay. And so I was just thinking, I'm like, wow. First of all, you can never watch 500,000 movies no yeah. matter what you think. Yeah. And then there's a hundred million books out there that That's people have written. And so I'm always just fascinated what attracts, what was it about the book that attracted you and some lesson that you got from it? So I like to be entertained because, okay. you know, throughout my day, it's, it's work and it's, it's being a mom and those things. So I, I really like to find entertainment so I can relax and that type of thing. So <clears throat> the, the last book, or one of the last books, because I've read a couple of them um, in the past couple of months, but her name is Elaine Welteroff, and it's called More Than Enough. I had to write it down. I didn't <laughs> want to forget it. But um, it's about a young lady, and you might have seen her. She, I, I've recently seen her on one of the talk shows. I think it's on CBS. Maybe she's been, been filling in. But it's about a young black woman, and she was raised during the 90s, went to school out in California, and she just found it kind of hard to, to fit in. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a title just telling you, you are more than enough to fit into these spaces. And she had different posi positions, like an editor at um, Vogue, or I think it was Teen Vogue. She eventually went to either Essence Jet, one of the the black magazines, but you know, just basically having to remind herself all the time that she was more than enough to be able to fit into these places and fit into these rooms where, you know, like growing up, you walked into them, there was always, you were typically the only black person in the room, but really you were more than enough to be able to walk in that room and, and satisfy what's going on in that room. Mm. I like that, that's, that's powerful. How, wait, how old is your daughter? So my, my youngest daughter is six, but the one I was speaking to, she's 14. So oh, okay. Yeah. Do you have to make her read? Because I have to make my yeah, son Yeah, they won't read. We were just kind of just talking, but yeah, we've, we've kind of like tried to come up with ideas like we'll pay you if you read certain books. They're like, can we pick anything? No, it has to be on our list. So, right. Yeah, it's... I try not to be too, you know, upset about it. I didn't really grow up reading, but I love reading. So you, who knows when that when that bug yeah. will catch you, or if it ever will. But so. Yeah. Okay. I get it. I get it. I I'd like for my son to read more. Um, I Trevor Noah. Mm -hmm. I bought him that book, which is a really it's a hilarious book. So sometimes right. I like to get books that I can also relate to. And we can kind of read them together and kind of right. makes sense. Talk yeah. a little bit, but he's. 
he's a few bucks behind me, so. <laughs> I don't know, there are so many other options, so especially with today, you got YouTube, where yeah. you can get his, some really good, great content, um, Audible, where they just read it to you, so right. I try not to be, there's, op there's options. And, right, right, yeah. right. Um, so I guess, speaking of your kids, what would be something that if I asked them, why is mom's always harping on, what, what lesson, uh, what lesson do you, you leave with them? Uh, I don't know if he would, be able to stop and just tell you one. <laughs> so he's 16. <clears throat> um, it's a tough lesson right now. Just, you know, a lot of it could be academics. A lot of it is, is sports. But I, I try to have him understand that it all flows into all of his life. You know, time management. So you, you get up a certain time. You get to school a certain time. You get to class on time. You know, that, that's all about time management. So when you get a job in the real world, you're going to have to be there on time. All of that. You know, you, you got to show up when it comes to if you're doing a team sport. You got to show up for yourself. You got to show up for the team. Um, you know, you got to work hard at it. Right. Just like you got to work hard at, at work. So I guess the, the big picture is trying to get him to understand that this all kind of encapsulates his entire, his life. Right. Yeah. That's, that's cool. I think it's, I don't know if it's Zig Ziglar or one of those, one of those guys. Mm -hmm. But they, they talked about that in particular is that, you know, you're like, oh, I'm going to just, I'm going I'm to chill off on this aspect of my life. I won't give as much here in this aspect of my life. But he's like, but that's a, if you'll do it there, you'll do it anywhere. Yeah. I'm like, man, that's so true. If, if you're willing to cut, corners here you'll cut corners yeah, anywhere you will. so I was that was a, that was impressive to me yeah that makes sense that's a great lesson yeah he would tell you that every day good that's a great <laughs> lesson well hey I appreciate you coming on I had a great time oh. learned, learned some great things from you I really appreciate that yeah well thank you thank you for the opportunity you're welcome where can we find you where can the people find you at okay let me think here <laughs> it's uh my Instagram is Myrtle Hall M-Y-R T-L-E-H-A-L-L, -L, Real Estate. And then my Facebook page is Myrtle Hall Realtor. And you can always call me or text me. I'm a little old school. And my number is 602-881-2702. Awesome. Appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh.